Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Skrzynski, and thanks so much for joining us on episode number 52 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today's guest is a multi-time Global Poker Award winner and best known in our community as the godfather of poker vlogging. He regularly shares his cash game grinder lifestyle with over 160,000 subscribers via his YouTube channel, as well as with the poker playing masses at meetup games all over the United States and even internationally. From favorable flops to jaw-dropping drone shots, this man has earned our way his way into our clubs, diamonds, spades, and hearts. And on today's show, we'll get to know him a little better. Andrew Nimi, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. You have a way with words, Robbie. Has anyone ever told you that? I just read what they put in front of me, Andrew. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Thanks for that intro. You got it. You deserved it. You earned it. Uh, and it's good to see and speak with you again. You doing all right? All things good? I'm doing good. Yeah, all is well on my end. Uh, hello from Austin, Texas to you and to everybody. Uh, getting out there in the world again and uh, getting after it. Meetup game style. Uh, on, a t- on, a, on a little two-stop trip here. Was in Houston, now Austin. And uh, yeah, things are good. Excellent. We'll definitely be talking a lot about meetup games, a lot about Texas. Uh, and uh, you know what, though? I do think it's important uh, folks should realize that your journey certainly didn't start uh, from the vlogosphere or the mugosphere. Uh, I know I've been following your journey pretty much from the beginning. Well, I say even from before the beginning, um, I know you from your Pokerati days and uh, the short-lived Vegas Grinders podcast. That one ran for 22 episodes way back in, I think, 2013. Um, what can you tell our listeners and our viewers who are hearing about that old show for the first time? You, you definitely do your research, don't you? Uh, <laughs> I have long memories. That's awesome. So yeah, uh, yeah. The the vlog, as you mentioned, was not was not like the first stepping stone into uh, into content creation. Tried a few things, a few different a few different media mediums media. Uh, the the podcast that you mentioned was uh, uh, a fun one called Vegas Grinders, uh, which couple of buddies of mine and I started uh, shout out to Dan Mahalski and David Ferrara. Uh, those guys, uh, Dan, you mentioned that, that site pokerati.com uh, kind of like, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to think how, how to describe pokerati. Um, it's kind of like a, kind of like a cult classic type of uh, journalistic journalist journalism ish uh, site in the poker industry. Um, he's a great writer, very smart guy is Dan. And, uh, he had a, a bunch of other great writers working for him. And, uh, my buddy Dave is, uh, also a writer. He now works for the review journal in Las Vegas, but we started a, uh, podcast where we all brought different perspectives here, uh, in to, to Las Vegas, to the, uh, the, the podcast platform and just mm-hmm. talked about life in Vegas. And, uh, mine was, you know, kind of similar to what I do now, but in audio form, like the viewpoint of a local grinder in Vegas playing the low stakes, mainly just playing like one, three. Uh, so talking about like the occasional hand at the Aria one, three and the win one, three, 500 max buy-in and occasionally taking a shot at the two, five games and uh, just, just the life. Yeah. The, the life of the, uh, the grinder was my addition to that. Um, nice. But yeah, what went from there to uh, you know, Instagram and uh, eventually to over to YouTube. Right. 
Well, like you said, that was, uh, you know, the, the precursor in a way. You know, you've upgraded from 1.3 to some higher stakes. And I guess you could sort of say you've also upgraded to the YouTube platform, uh, you know, not just audio, also video. Uh, I couldn't believe this one when I looked. October 7, 2016. That's almost five years since the first episode of the Andrew Nimi vlog. Do you care to reflect on that a little bit? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, if you think about like how much editing uh, happens in <laughs> that many years worth of videos, uh, it's a, that's a big chunk right there. Um, big chunk of time and uh, a lot of work that's gone into these, uh, these poker vlogs. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy to think about, you know, when you get into the rhythm of these things, um, you know, both like grinding and like churning out the content, you sort of, uh, you know, maybe lose sight of the bigger time frame because you're just in the weeds so much. Uh, so then, yeah, you step back and uh, think about like, you know, we're, we're at that number approaching five years worth of doing this thing. It's, it's pretty crazy for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. But a labor of love this entire time, I would imagine. Uh, yes. I mean, it, it comes, it's like, it comes with, uh, stresses, of course, you know, like in a couple different ways. Um, mainly it's just the, uh, the pressure to like, keep the content churning out. Um, you know, there's no, uh, there's no official like clock in clock out. The YouTube machine is always on, uh, 24 hours, seven days a week around the world. And, uh, you know, you might get, you, you get relief on the day that you upload the video. It's like, okay, great. This thing can just uh, marinate and collect some views from different countries and people can watch it at their, at their leisure. Uh, the next day though, they're waiting for that next video. Right. So it's, uh, it's pretty quickly back to the, uh, the next session or thinking about what the next video is going to capture and, and all that stuff. Um, obviously it's been great overall. Um, it's oh. been, it's been really cool um, to, uh, to add this like, angle of, uh, um, I don't know, work to what I was doing before, which was, you know, just grinding the cards. Right. Right. And I, I know all about feeding that content beast and, uh, you certainly do a great job of it. Um, I do want to ask then, you know, how do you think, you know, you've sort of changed if at all, uh, professionally and personally from the guy in the pilot vlog who spent 45 minutes on his balcony and I'll quote doing takes for whatever this thing is to where you are now well hopefully i'm a little bit better of a poker player uh if <laughs> if you're not improving from like a few months ago as a poker right. player i think something's not quite right so if we're talking almost five years then god help me if i'm not a better poker player than i was back then i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i was uh especially plo too nowadays yes. i yes. didn't know what the hell i was doing back then <clears throat> um so yeah i mean it's an interesting um you know, process when you're, you're uploading poker hands, you're going to get a lot of feedback, uh, not just from poker, but you know, on pretty much everything you're sharing when you're uploading yeah. to YouTube. Uh, so, you know, you're going to get a lot of feedback and you kind of have to like make your way through those, those comments, um, to try and figure out like who, who knows what they're talking about and mm -hmm. who's more of a recreational player. Um, so, you know, when someone says you should have raised to see where you're at, you know, you can kind of just like, okay, just thumbs up that, that uh that comment and move on right here <laughs> <laughs> but if someone you know starts talking about well you want to have you know this number of combinations in your in your range you know you want to balance your bluffing range with your value range and all these things they start 
you know, using a little bit different terminology, uh, there's a lot of things you can pick up from uh, the, you know, the, the small percentage that are uh, out there that are, you know, really putting in strong amount of time, strong number of hours into their game. Um, so yeah, I've definitely improved from uh, uh, the audience to some degree. And uh, yeah, also, you know, just doing normal things that a poker player does, which is occasionally find the time to, uh, to study and uh, talk hands with other fellow pros mm-hmm. uh, on a, on a personal level. How have I, how have I changed? Uh, honestly, I think like, I think if I were to have started this project um, younger, you know, uh, so let's see, I started when I was 36. I started in October of 2016. Mm-hmm. So I started when I was 36. Um, you know, if I had started when I was 26, I think, like the shift personally would have been a little bit more drastic. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, I think there's like, there's some like, you know, F F list level of celebrity that comes with the uh, poker vlogging thing. Um, and I think like I, that stuff might've like gone to my head a little bit more if I was, if I was younger, you know, if I had like more ego um, and, and stuff like that to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think in my like, mid to late thirties, a lot of that stuff is kind of sorted out. Um, so I don't know if there's been like massive shift in me personally. Um, That's fair. I mean, I, I, again, I, I don't know, I don't remember exactly what year I, I met you in person, but you're certainly the same guy, very down to earth. Um, you know, haven't, like you said, haven't let those numbers get to your head or anything like that and all the awards. And I think that's, that's pretty awesome. Pretty refreshing. I don't and, know. Uh, you, you made me, you made me wait like five minutes while you're sorting out your audio issues. And I was tilted, tilted my ass off. Come on, allegedly. man. You gotta get it. Allegedly. Just kidding. Just, just. <laughs> well, I know in that, uh, that first vlog of yours, uh, a guy said he'd buy you an ice cream. If he called, you called and won the pot against the player who had a draw. Did you ever get that ice cream? <laughs> These are the questions that need answering. These, you have quite the eye, quite the eye for detail. Um, <laughs> well, we got to ask you something, something new, Andrew. So the uh, the hand you're referencing took yeah, it took place in vlog number one and took place at the one two uncapped no limit hold'em game at the Golden Nugget. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. <clears throat> That's it's such like it's a pretty unique game that game in uh, mm-hmm. in Vegas because uh, it's uncapped and it's also pretty much the only game uh, downtown Las Vegas. Right. Um, I don't even know if Binions has poker tables anymore, um, but it's the only game worth playing downtown. It's right off of the uh, Fremont Street experience. Yes. Um, it's uncapped. You can still use hundred dollar bills. Cash still plays there. Uh, yeah. Only place that only place that I'm aware of anywhere. So. It's re- it's unique for those factors, and because you just never know like what's what you're gonna get in that game. Um, people, you know, wandering in off after after many beverages downtown Fremont Street, and uh, I'd say like eighty percent of the time it's it's a pretty typical one two game, but like twenty percent of the time it's just madness. Um, so you get some strange statements, some strange table talk being being said. Uh, no, I did not get an ice cream. Um, I was happy to collect that pot. I'm pretty sure I won that hand. Okay. Uh, so I got my own ice cream money. That's fair. Okay. Uh, well, as of this recording, you're now 224 episodes into your blog. Um, is there any perhaps key moment or episode during, you know, all this, everything that you've created over the last five years or something more notable that 
you can point to, you say that you've changed in your technique, in, you know, the way you put together in your creativity, perhaps, you know, during that point in time, you could say, okay, well, I don't know, episode 57, that's when I started doing this or that or something like that differently. Um, I'm not sure which episode it was, but like early, like in the early handful of videos, I wasn't doing like either voiceover or like the split screen thing, like talking mm. through my, my thought process in hands. Right. So I guess like the original concept was to just kind of like capture the, the visuals of it. Um, and, uh, not like get too, too deep in the weeds, I guess, definitely capture the poker content or the poker action. Um, you know, I, pretty quickly like automatically wanted to do all that and like if i get in trouble for filming at the table then oh well you know um right. we'll just see what happens um but at some point like i think one or two people were saying um that they would like love to hear my thought process you know because i would put the action on the screen i'd say like this guy called this guy raised i called you know etc um but somebody mentioned they would love to hear like why i did those things um, so I was like, okay, well, I got to either come up with a way to type all that out on the screen or, uh, include me talking about it while it's, while it's happening. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, the split screen of me next to the action on the screen, uh, was born, I guess. And then that was kind of like what became, uh, poker vlogging as, <laughs> as we know it, right. you know, what somebody like narrating through what's going on on the screen. So people can like follow along inside the head of the, uh, the presenter. Um, right. but yeah, I'm not sure which episode that was, but probably in the, in the single digits, I would think. At what point did the drone come into play? Like, was that like a conscious decision? I'm going to start doing this thing now or like, Oh, well, that seems cool. Let's try. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, it's tough for me to like do an interview without mentioning Casey Neistat. Um, but like, yeah, there's, there's so much influence in, in my stuff from, you know, just watching his stuff. Uh, so I, yeah, again, I'm not sure which episode that was, um, the, that drone, it was like the phantom three. I think I paid like a, a few hundred dollars for it. It didn't like fly very far. Um, and I crashed it the very first time I tried to fly it. Um, <clears throat> the, yeah, I don't know which episode that was, but like, yeah, I just knew that it was, I was, I loved the shots, you know, that I was seeing yeah. um, from him and like other people as well. He wasn't the only person, but um, just loved it and uh, just added like a really cool dimension and uh, just, yeah, just the, uh, the, the angles and the, the way that it captures like the, the wider perspective, you know, you want to kind of, right. kind of give people as much of an understanding of like where you are and what's going on as, as you can. And the, the drone is a great way to do the, uh, the widest angle that you can get um, from like the city, the city perspective. For sure. And I, I think you even showed me once, uh, you know, we met, I saw the car, you had this uh, camera that you, well, you bolted on <laughs> what, what mm. is to, and like, you know, when, as you're driving to the casino, I mean, I, as someone who's visited Las Vegas plenty of times, yeah, that, that, whole cool feeling of I'm driving to the poker room now, you certainly capture it. Like, what, 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 uh, what's the methodology there of like, uh, of that camera angle? Uh, that's the, that's the GoPro suction cup. So uh -huh. it's like this industrial strength suction cup that you just stick on the side of your car. And amazingly, uh, it doesn't fall off right. as you're like <laughs> driving, driving down the freeway with like a $400 camera attached to it. Um, there's never been any disaster with, with that. I haven't done it in a while, but, uh, 
Yeah, that was extremely nerve wracking. Sticking that thing on the side of your car, driving on the freeway. Um, but the results, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, I know you mentioned um, on your vlog a while back that you were feeling like things are getting perhaps a little bit stagnant. You want to change some things up, and since then you have pivoted indeed to a little bit more of the online games. Obviously, during the, the pandemic, kind of like, well, that what else are you gonna? go ahead and vlog, as well as PLO. Um, you know, the, it's it's pretty obvious. I was looking at the numbers. It's not exactly the same as how they had been with the original style of a blog. I know you just put one out recently, back to the classic Andrew Nimi vlog, so to speak. Um, my question on that is, at the end of the day, you do what you want to do. But I'm wondering, is there any sort of balance? You start saying, well, you know, I, I, maybe I need a you know, engage viewers a little bit more and pay attention to analytics, or maybe you just like, well, you know, I'll, I'll do what I want to do. Is that a thought process process that goes through your mind? Uh, pretty much every single day of my life. Wow. <laughs> um, it's a, uh, it's, it's tough to figure out. It's tough to nail down. What's, what's best. What's the best approach. Um, I am, I know that like the best approach is to just do whatever, do whatever you want to do. Um, because you're just going to enjoy it so much more. It's really tough though, because this formula is tried and tested for sure. Uh, and not just with me, like with, with other, uh, content creators who are doing this kind of a thing. Um, you know, obviously Brad Owens channel, uh, people love to watch the hands and then, you know, he interjects some personality into in, along the way as well, but it's very hand heavy. Uh, same with a guy, uh, like Ethan rampage poker, Yeah, you know, uh, Mariano, you know, all these guys that are getting really good numbers and, uh, they're, they're, they're focusing on the hands mainly. And, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's what the, uh, the poker playing audience wants. You know, once right. you start inserting artistic things, it becomes a lot more subjective and there's, mm -hmm. there's going to be some people that love it. And there's going to be some people that just click fast forward. And, uh, as soon as they click fast forward, the YouTube algorithm is not going to enjoy that. And they're going to recommend it to a few less people, you know, and like on and on it goes. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's tough, you know, because you want to, you know, especially if you're, if you're putting in all this time on this uh, endeavor, um, you want to make it worth your while. Of course, you want to be rewarded. You want to, you know, make sure YouTube is, you're, you're satisfying that algorithm and it's reaching more people and you're, there's growth there, et cetera. Um, but that's not to say that like doing what I want to do won't eventually get those same numbers and, you know, right. like replace, replace one audience member with another one who like really attaches onto what I'm putting out there, whether that's the PLO stuff or online poker stuff, it's just tough to go from like, <clears throat> you know, whatever, you know, four years of doing something in that, in that, uh, format. And then, you know, seeing the numbers go way down, uh, when you try something different, uh, you know, it's like, it's tough to like, just say, okay, well, I'm just going to get this number of, of views on my videos now, rather than what we were doing when we we're on a, a really great, really great growth path. Uh -huh. So it's a tough, you know, it's like an, it's like an ongoing kind of tough, uh, uh, balance to, to find. And I think like right now, I'm just trying to do like, you know, something for me, then something for the, the, uh, the typical audience and kind of going, kind of going back and forth. I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's ideal. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know if I, I definitely don't have uh, the perfect answer and know what the perfect answer is. Um, but uh, there's, there's like, for me personally, I think I get like maybe a little bit 
tired of doing the same thing for, for too long. Um, and I think that sort of uh, is, is a part of, at least a part, maybe the main reason why I started the videos in the first place, just because right. you know I was playing the, playing the Texas Hold'em for eight years, about time to try something else. Right. Well, variety certainly is the spice of life. I know you tried also, you got uh, the secondary channel with the Andrew Nimi 2 TOO, right? The one? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that was like a, uh, that, that was the reason the, a lot of that stuff I just talked about was the reason why I wanted to have that second channel. So like anytime right. I, I want to just try something uh, unique and different, just throw it up there on the second channel and not uh-huh. freak everyone out who's expecting right. the same sort of thing <laughs> on the uh, the main channel. That's fair. Okay, very cool. Well, um, you've played a ton of cash games, obviously, and a ton of casinos. Um, what are some of perhaps the wildest things that you know you've seen, but may not have been vloggable, so to speak? Or <laughs> basically, is there anything interesting that's gotten left on the cutting room floor that you could share with uh, with us here in the Cards Check? Oh man, uh, you know, surprisingly, I haven't really seen like seen too many situations like come to blows you know there's like so many arguments and stuff when there's all this like intense competition hand-to-hand battle uh, at the poker table um surprisingly i haven't like seen uh i think i've seen like one fight at a table that i was that i was sitting at where it actually like security was called and had to break these guys up and that's a lot of like time spent at the poker table and right. you know, intense situations so kind of surprising just that one time um okay. One time I saw uh, a guy who was a dealer at Planet Hollywood, but I was playing at the Palms Poker Room. This is before I started the vlog. Uh, was having was having many drinks at the Palms Poker Room and eventually got to the point where it just vomited all over the table. Just like, bam, you know, like a lot. Not not pretty, not a pretty sight. Spewing chips. Uh, that definitely way. sticks out in my mind. I don't know. There's all sorts of craziness that's that's your experience, stuff like that. It's people not at their finest moments right. um, at the poker table in the uh, the very wee hours of the morning. Okay, that is fair. Well, what you did <laughs> kind of had uh, a pretty fine moment. Good segue into the next question. There, just deftly, you know, maneuver to a different topic. Uh, you did final table recently, a WSOP online event. You finished sixth. For over $14,000, biggest ever online score, I believe. Congratulations. Um, how much more have you been working on your tournament game? Um, and obviously, you know, things are up in the air, changing a little bit. Do you have any sort of plans for the live WSOP uh, tournament bracelet schedule in the fall? Have I been working on my tournament game? Yeah. Uh, not as much as I could, which is kind of like a theme for me me in my poker career could definitely be putting in uh, a little bit more dedicated of hours into that um i've never used a solver in my life so like for me i sort of rely on others to uh get the gist of what solvers are coming up with and then i i kind of like look for the summary so whether that's like through a training site or through a coach directly um i i uh, I, I try to get the summary so i'll be i'll be losing like you know some small amount of EV that way, like not getting into the weeds myself. Right. Um, but yeah, I looked, I looked to a guy like Ryan, the plant, um, and his, his training site, learn pro poker, um, which is like a great tournament, uh, site for just kind of like, you know, he'll give you what, what the solvers will say, but then he's like, 
you don't really need to do this when it comes to live poker. This is like a good way to exploit away from this based on like what the live poker tournament, the tournament playing live poker population is, is doing in general. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of like my, my uh, approach to okay. studying. Um, and yeah, Ryan is, Ryan is awesome. I think he is a, is a cards chat friend. Yes, he um, is. He's a cards chat the, ambassador. And uh, for the live WSOP, you know, it's, yeah. I haven't uh, I haven't planned out a schedule yet. I'm definitely looking forward to getting in there though. I think last time during the WSOP I played too many no limit cash games. I think like with the way the uh WSOP has like sort of built out their schedule in recent years is they keep like lowering they keep adding lower buy-in tournaments to the schedule in order to uh give more people a shot to play for for a bracelet. Right. And I think every time they do that I think they pull some of like that recreational crowd from cash games in, into these these events these tournaments and uh you know for me it was it was either like a choice between usually a choice between like playing like grinding the the WSOP bracelet series events or cash games um and i wasn't really going to you know i didn't really want to grind like the venetian for example right. which is always kind of going on simultaneously um so i just i just chose the cash games um but yeah i think like they're just pulling so many people into these tournaments and I think that's like where the value is. Um, so this year, yeah, assuming, you know, there's so much that's still up in the air in the world at the moment, but assuming it's similar to last year and it's, I, I see the WSOP is up to the same kind of, um, you know, strategies in terms of offering some lower stakes tournaments. Right. Uh, I expect that I expect the player, the, the fields, the fields to be kind of similar to that situation as it was last time. So definitely want to fire at some bracelet events and, uh, both no limit and PLO, and I'll also be keeping an eye on the PLO games, the PLO cash games uh, nice. as well. Nice. Well, of course, shout out to Ryan Laplante as you correctly surmised. He is a Cards Chat ambassador, and he was a previous guest, episode number thirty-three here on the Cards Chat podcast. Always a good chance to remind everyone to listen to all of those old episodes, fifty-one of them besides this one. So be sure to check them all out. So, yes, you definitely, I know you mentioned PLO. Um, you know, I know that you've been studying recently with PLO expert with Dylan Weissman, and you've also got that hand history lounge uh, with your buddy Benton Blakeman. Uh, here and there in your vlogs, you mentioned some poker training sites. You already mentioned Brian Plant's site. Um, do you have any sort of either official or unofficial study routine or habits or something that you try to stick to, even though you had that disclaimer, I don't study as much as I should. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think like I'm kind of, I, I think I'm trying to figure out how to describe myself in this, when it comes to the study question, because I think I'm like a pretty good poster boy for uh, studying a very like medium amount you know, <laughs> maximum, maximum. And it sort of shows up. I mean, like, you know, you look at different people in the poker, in uh, the poker world, as far as like poker players, Yeah. Um, you know, look at like the guys who are playing like super high roller tournaments. Uh, you know, how do they move up to these kinds of stakes? Um, you know, I'm all the, all the, you know, like backers and swapping stuff conversations aside, these guys are like the best poker players in the world. And how did they get there? They put in a shitload of study. They didn't get there by like talking into a vlog camera or like going out for cocktails at like atomic liquors. Uh, you, you know, they, they put in like a shitload of work and for, yeah. for whatever reason about like their personality or about poker, you know, some sort of cross in between all that stuff, they were able to 
find some level, I think, of enjoyment or just like battle through the uh, the if they if they don't really enjoy it that much, they were somehow to battle, find a way to battle through and fi- find time to put in the the study hours. Right. Uh, for me, I I it just kind of sucks for me. Like I I've all that stuff. Um, you know, I've talked about poker hands with friends like over again, countless hours and text messages and group chats and stuff like that. Um, you know, am I one to just bear down and like put in all these hours, like watching videos and, uh, nowadays, like going through solvers and stuff like that. It's just not me. And like eight years later of a uh, professional poker life in Las Vegas, I'm playing five ten. I'm not playing super high roller tournaments, uh, in, you know, Macau or wherever these guys are playing. Right. Um, so, you know, for a lot of people, the getting to the five ten stake level is like kind of a dream. You know, that's like, man, I would love to play that. You see, like how well these videos from the Bellagio five ten games do. You know, it's like a lot yeah. of people would love to play in that game. Um, and then for for some other like professional poker players that have found a lot more success, they're like, dude, this guy's still playing five ten after eight years of uh, professional poker. Like, what's what's the deal here? And it's just for me, it's like it's never really spoke to me that way. And I was never able to find the, uh, you know, the, the drive to, to do that. And again, this is what leads one into making vlogs about, right. about poker. And obviously there's more of like a, a creative bent to my life, uh, that I, that I enjoy. And that's the stuff that I'm able to like put a shitload of hours into, right. you know, like grinding, grinding to edit until 10 AM to make sure this video gets uploaded on Monday morning. Yep. Um, and then getting right back after it. Uh, so for whatever reason that speaks to me. Um, so as far as like, do I have a study routine? Nope, I don't. That's uh, fair. <laughs> like you said, like, so, uh, you know, definitely max mediocre study. I like that. That's a, that's a good, uh, yeah. good way of it. Uh, the good news is that like, you know, these making all this stuff and putting myself out there leads to other people like reaching out to me and I can sort of like, you know, pick and choose, um, who I want to work with if there is, you know, somebody that's offering. And, uh, you know, it allowed me to reach out to Dylan for the PLO stuff. You know, if I'm just like some random dude, he's gonna be like, okay, well, coaching is probably, I don't, I actually don't even know what it is, but I assume it's like several hundred dollars an hour or something. (laughs) Uh, and again, that's going to be like, ah, I don't know if I want to, um, even though it's definitely worth it because he's the man, you know, it's just going to be like various levels of turnoff for me, but sure. me reaching out to him and him being like, Oh, cool. Yeah. The, you know, the videos are, the videos are awesome. Maybe there's, you know, some ways that we can help each other out. Yep. Um, and it's just like, it opens that conversation up, um, to where, you know, like we're making content about PLO together rather than yeah. just like him, him telling me to watch the, uh, the master whatever the hell it's called yellow launch pad i think this is thing yeah but there's the there's the that's the intro one there's a there's a much more intense one on upswing um uh-huh. I'm, i am trying to work my way through it but fuck man it is dry <laughs> I, hear I hear you just to speak for the recreational players don't worry either we're some of us still very much aspire to that 510 Lashio to the degree that someone once offered to stake me in a session and i was like uh-uh, i don't want to throw away your money for you man I was like i'm not i'm not yet at that level uh, but uh, don't worry, you know, you're, you're doing just fine, at least as far as lots of us out there are concerned. Um, in your Twitter bio, you currently have the following sentence, watching anyone who blends creativity and talent. So I want to ask you, Andrew, who are some of those folks in the poker world and who are some of those folks outside the poker world? 
Uh, I'm a big Jamin Burton fan. Nice. I think I think he's I think he's maximum creativity in this sort of genre, uh, and maybe even potentially all of poker media. He might be maximum creativity. Uh, so <clears throat> I think he probably does it the best. Um, outside of poker, I mean, there's somebody, there's this guy, there's this, guy, there's this Instagram account that I follow and I don't even know, uh, if, if you want to like pause, I can look it up or something. But anyway, it's like this, this, uh, this animator who he adds like these, these animations to videos of like either like, you know, break dancing or like sports, uh, figures. He adds these, like these cool animations to it. Um, and so that, I was actually like watching these uh, this guy's videos on Instagram and click through to like this this figure skater who he had animated. Um, it's like this video of her like doing all these crazy moves with like a three three six a three sixty degree camera, um, and then he animated it. And like she said something like, "Love it when creativity um, highlights talent" or something like that. And I was like, that sums it up. That sums it up so perfectly. That's I, I love watching that kind of a thing. And uh, that's that's what it was. Really? So, uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone really cares which what account that is, but that was the one. That is fair. Okay. Uh, well, one question we always like to ask all of our guests here at the Cards Chat Podcast is: Who is the friendliest player you've ever sat with and competed against at a poker table? Friendliest player. Um, you know, it's like these vlogger, the, the fellow vloggers do like such an amazing job. Uh, it's something, it's like a skill that you're going to have to like sort of carve out is, um, we we're actually talking about this last night at dinner, but like when something like pretty bad happens at the poker table, like you get stacked for a big pot or something. And then pretty quickly after that, someone comes up and taps you on the shoulder and is like, Hey man, I, lo I love the videos. Any, any chance we can get a photo together? And it's like your immediate reaction. You might think your immediate reaction is be like, Oh God, just, just leave me alone. Let me wallow in this, in this sadness. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, if you look at like Brad or Jamin or, you know, Johnny vibes, go down, go on down the list. All these guys uh, do a pretty fantastic job of like being able to understand that this is like pretty sick opportunity to like make videos for people that that they enjoy and like travel and play poker and kind of like live that dream just based on like these these silly little poker videos. Uh, so no one has let that go to their head. I don't think that I know of. Um, I like that. And uh, they're just like always nice to people. I've never heard of any particular poker bloggers being like, wow, that guy's actually like a pretty big dick in, in person. <laughs> um, okay. The, uh, I mean, as far as like the industry goes, uh, just like such a massive fan of Phil Galfond. I think mm. he's obviously like Mr. Nice Guy and probably like the most beloved person in the industry. Um, I think second place, very close second place is Jamie Kerstetter. Uh, mm. She's just like, obviously like, such a joy to be around. I've never, I've never played with Phil, Jamie Kerstetter. I have played with uh, up in Reno. She always likes to remind me about how she got me good with three deuce in Reno, which is called the skinny. And uh, <laughs> every time I see her, she reminds me that she got me with that three deuce. Um, but uh, she's like, she's just as funny as like in person as she is uh, yeah. online, which is 
kind of amazing. You know, a lot of people, they like need, they need to take time to like formulate, uh, funny things to write down you know um but she's like so witty in person she just like comes up with all these funny things in person as well yeah well certainly a shout out to jamie she was episode three one of the early ones on almost a year ago guys so yeah definitely some a lot of gold there and uh certainly uh those who listen to that one will confirm that what andrew said uh just now is correct um andrew i promised we'll talk about mugs so here we go i know when you first started them out with brad uh it was a bit tough to get rooms on board with this idea. Like, you know, when you're starting anything new, it's the disruptive type of a thing. Uh, it's not a given that everyone's going to go ahead and, and, and go for it. Obviously, nowadays, you've proven the value that vloggers can bring to poker rooms. Um, perhaps can you take us, you know, briefly or vaguely in some way, whatever you, however you feel comfortable, uh, the process of what it's like getting a new property on board to like, you know, let's go ahead and have this month's event there. Yeah, for I guess like <laughs> for us, um, for from doing this from the uh, from the beginning, it was always going to be like a slow build up from like the proof of concept stage. So like the very first uh, sort of experience with this mugs thing, you know, we were I think it was during the WSOP, uh, maybe in 2017, when. Uh, said to Brad, you know, we just we should just put a tweet out there, just try and get some people together, see how many people, uh, you know, that we that are in town that watch the videos and just want to come play poker. We'll capture it uh, and we'll put it on YouTube. And it's sort of like pretty quickly becomes this sort of like thing that feeds on itself um, because you know those people that come to the games, they they just want to hang out. Um, but you, you, when you can capture that and you can present it again on YouTube. Then there's going to be more people that see that and be like, that's, that looks really fun. I want to come hang out and like have some beers and have a social poker night and maybe get into the video, maybe bluff these guys or maybe win a big pot off these guys or whatever happens, happens, you know, um, play some bomb pots with these guys. Just like, it's a little bit different of a poker experience than what everyone is kind of accustomed to, which is sometimes sometimes fun to often like a little bit serious on, on the serious side quiet side in the poker rooms so once you've you know done that once you've accomplished getting a bunch of people together and showing it off maybe do a couple more of those where it's you know you're just kind of you ask the poker room hey is it cool can we have like you know we're going to bring a bunch of people together can you sort out like two tables for us three tables for us if we show up all at the same time Mm-hmm. Usually they're accommodating. They'll be like, yeah, sure. If they, if they have dealers, you know, right. if they have the dealers, they'll, they're happy to get people in the poker room. So if you've done that, then maybe you can like slap a, slap a, slap a brand name on this thing, package it and be like, okay, well, this is, this is what we want to do. We want to bring people to the poker room, which is, you know, you want to lead with that. Of course, right. what poker is going to be like, no. Um, and this is, you know, we, we also want to show off the poker and we want to show off the casino, you know, we want to show off what you guys offer here. We're fans of your, we're fans of this property. We already play here. Um, we want to be able to capture this stuff. Um, everyone is, everyone that comes to the game is going to be cool with it. So it's not like a matter of, you know, us like secretly filming these people or anything. It's, it's, uh, people are pretty much, they're definitely on board the, the, as far as like the, the table itself goes. And you just gotta find a casino who will say, "Okay, that's that sounds weird, but all right, sure, whatever." Um, and you know, so we started with like a, 
uh, I guess like the first one outside of Vegas was uh, Wild Horse Pass. And I don't, I'm pretty sure they didn't get it uh, at first, what we were talking oh. about, but we somehow were able to put that together. And then we start, we, from there, we went up like, to this little card room up in Seattle that no longer exists anymore. But oh. <laughs> we, yeah, we weren't, able, we weren't able to save that one, unfortunately. That was a casualty <laughs> of the, the mugs. Uh, history but anyway you know it was like an independent card room so then we have like you know a couple of events um that's right. it's been proven and they can we can have we can have a video to show to another room that we're reaching out to and, and on and on and on so it's just a slow a slow build from like nothingness in uh and obviously like not getting any of the travel paid for or anything like that um yeah. just you know just kind of like being like, okay, well, this is this is what we're talking about, and then this is what we're talking about to the next place, and this is what we're talking about to the next place, and uh, just trying to climb the ladder into like places that are you know public, you know multinational corporations that right. usually have a, a a ton of red tape and bureaucracy, um, and eventually you know having someone along the line say yes and just keep going from there. Right, and obviously those. Uh waiting lists of you know dozens and dozens and dozens of players long certainly doesn't hurt uh the argument uh so and i'm sure that's a great feeling when you see that sort of thing happen um one of the other things i told you uh we would talk about texas uh it kind of seems like the new it spot uh both for meetup games and just you know live poker in general uh you're there right now in austin i know you've visited a couple times before and you know through your vlogs you've given us who haven't been able to visit uh, a window into the scene. Um, can you kind of sort of, is is there a way to, to quantify if it's different or unique in some way to other poker locales from Las Vegas, from other, you know, rooms uh, across the United States that you've been to? Uh, it's probably a combination of things. Um, it's, it's kind of like an undeveloped market, like undeveloped gambling market. Um, you know, there's, there's, I think there's Indian reservation casinos. Um, uh, one of our Uber drivers was telling us about the, you know, the, they have a boat that goes out of Galveston, Texas and into international waters right. that has gambling, but it's not like other States, um, that have tons of casinos everywhere, which <laughs> leads to, you know, professionals living there. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of just like home games for a lot of the time, or you had to drive very far to, to a, a neighboring state to, to find a game. Um, so only over the past handful of years has there been these card rooms, which is, uh, you know, closer to that sort of official gambling room, uh, that like a casino might be, it's not obviously the same, but, um, that's like a pretty new thing. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, these are like pretty major, metropolitan areas, you know, like yeah. Dallas, Houston, uh, these are major cities, um, Austin t population, very solid, uh, numbers. So when you have like a lot of people, um, with disposable income and a sort of fresher gambling market, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of excitement, uh, for, for the game, you know, um, and that definitely shows up in the meetup games. It shows up in the games themselves. Uh, and that's kind of, that's kind of it. You know, that's kind of the, uh, the formula for a lot of people getting together and, and playing poker. I like it. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one hearing that answer who wants to like, just, you know, go to Expedia and book a flight to Dallas right now or something like that. So certainly seems like a, a pretty awesome scene to, to be a part of uh, or to visit. Um, we're recording this show on August 10th. 
but it is only going to be released on August 25th. In the interim, you'll have hosted your first ever mug at Resorts World, which is the newest poker room in Las Vegas. So obviously, as of recording, you can't tell us how was the mug, but perhaps you can tell us, have you played yet at Resorts World? What's the management like? What's the, you know, what's the room like? What can folks expect when they're playing there? Yeah, I played there a couple of times so far. Uh, first of all, all of Resorts World, like the building, uh, the casino, gorgeous, gorgeous place. Um, something like 40 restaurants or so that are available in this place wow. to explore. Um, obviously, tons of bars as well. There's three different uh, hotel brands in there. I mean, I'm not... They didn't hire me to be a spokesperson here, but this is just me like talking, <laughs> talking about like, it's always been fun for me to like explore a new place. And I think that that sort of uh, that sort of enthusiasm shows up in my videos. You know, I just like yeah. going and like exploring things and uh, reporting back. Um, so it's been fun to just like kind of wander around and it's going to take me a while to uh, have a beverage at all those bars that are available there. But it's nice. And then the poker room. Yeah, it's like it's, it's nice and nice and fresh and new that having having brand new chips when you're at the poker mm -hmm. table is pretty sweet um yeah. then and so they hired like i think the staff i asked the poker room director uh his name is gary you know where the uh people the staff came from and i think he said something like 80 percent, probably around vegas and 20 percent elsewhere um so there's a lot of like you know familiar professional faces in that room um, they took some people from the win which um you know has always been i think top tier poker room yeah. um so a bunch of staff has come over from there um so yeah there's gonna be a lot of uh great people that are that are running the room uh and it's a fresh new room it's just gonna take them you know it's gonna take time for them to sort of like uh build out a base of people that make that their spot to play um i think people poker players are such like creatures of habit you know they'll they'll go to the spots that they like to play and um just kind of like make that their spot. If there's action somewhere else, then yeah, they'll definitely go there, but it's tough to like, you know, it's kind of like a chicken and egg kind of thing situation. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just going to take them some time. I think, I think even, you know, Aria went through the same thing and, you know, look, look where they are now. Uh, but when they launched, it wasn't, you know, they might have had a lot of people there on opening night, but after that, it took, it took time for them to build out their base. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully they succeed and it's it's been fun going over there the first couple times and uh yeah hopefully when this is airing the uh meetup game will have gone swimmingly and uh would love to um do some more things over there because they had such like a such a gorgeous property as mentioned i'm sure it will you know look all all this talk about mugs 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 i have to ask andrew what's the most money you've ever paid for a cup of tea <laughs> uh <laughs> not much of a tea drinker i've only recently gotten into, into the coffee thing over the i mean over the past like couple of years or so uh so that's like yeah like I've, i've made it through almost up to my 40s without really hardly drinking any coffee whatsoever um most i've paid uh i don't know ten dollars that is incorrect i'm referencing a oh, specific really? incident from april when we met when I had a cup of tea. Ah, okay. <laughs> I maybe you'd catch, maybe you'd catch that. I didn't have the cup of tea. That was your cup of tea. That was, that was ah, your, but I didn't pay for it. That's your fancy <laughs> ass cup. 
Nothing but the best for you, Robbie. I, I don't know. It was like $20 or something. It was $16 for a cup of tea, folks. Just remember when you're playing poker or any of the games in any casino, they will bring it to you for free. So I will just point that out <laughs> as you talk. The experience, though. The experience. They brought you, the experience. A, they brought you like a silver platter. They yes. You the, the, the teacup thing, the tea, whatever it is. Spout. It was and, very uh, special. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, special to get treated to that cup of tea. So I appreciate that then and now. So let's get a bit more personal than just meetings between you and me. A few months ago, you tied the knots with your longtime fiance. Boozy. So first of all, congratulations, man. I'm truly very, very happy for you. It's good stuff. Thanks so much. Appreciate it a lot. Um, Boozy also does a lot of stuff behind the scenes of the Andrew Mimi empire. Uh, she does like the apparel and, and logo design, I think. And uh, yep. plus, you know, you guys collaborate on the Tells podcast, which has also, I'm surprised also, it's been going this long as well. Also four years um, what's it like working together with her on these passion projects? And uh, has anything changed in any way since uh, you exchanged nuptials about three months ago? Uh, to answer that last question real quick, no, I don't think anything is, uh, has changed. You know, we've been together, been together for so long. Um, yeah. This this engagement thing went on much longer than anticipated. <laughs> um, so no, I don't think it, I don't think it feels too different. It is great to. Uh, close that chapter. Uh, it was like we went out and did a fun photo shoot to uh, capture some some things that we like to do on our daily lives around Las Vegas. Um, so we were really happy with the way that came out. But uh, no, I don't I don't think anything's changed or expect anything to change okay. just with a different title. Um, so yeah, she's been she's been so awesome. Like with uh, so many different standpoints, she's like yeah, obviously like super talented to come up with these uh, designs for favorable apparel, and she's like adamant that the stuff that we sell to people it, it needs to be something that like is good quality it's it's like it needs to stand on its own and not just be like i just bought this to you know throw throw the channel a bone or whatever uh -huh. um it's like it needs to be proper quality stuff you know that people are actually gonna be like okay this is solid t-shirts one of my favorite t-shirts or the hoodie that, that we put together I should say, I should say she put together, she like, you know, gets all these different samples from different places and be like, Nope, that's not going to work. Nope. That's not going to work. Mm. Okay. This one, this is a good one. Um, the, like the first hoodie was like the, it was this custom design hoodie, um, from this, this supplier in California that doesn't, it's, you can't get this hoodie anymore. It was like custom done, <laughs> like Truly limited the, edition, right? picked out the zipper. Uh, it's just like all, all these things that went into it and then gets it, um, embroidered you know, went to a couple of different places to test out their embroidering and found one that does a really good job. So anyway, it's just like super detail oriented, uh, super talented with the, uh, the design stuff. And then also like just being there for conversations to work out all this stuff that's going on with, you know, the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. we talked about this earlier on in the, uh, in the discussion, but it's just like, you know, there's no real blueprint for this sort of a thing. It's not like you can just follow instructions on how to run a YouTube channel. Um, right. You sort of have to, you know, talk through a lot of things with, hopefully, with other people. And uh, she's obviously been someone who's like kept me sane through some, you know, some of the the stressful parts of of all of it. And you know, bounce ideas. Um, I would like come to her and be like, so I'm writing this email to a casino. What do you think? You know, and mm. she'd be like. Mm. 
I would, I would get rid of that paragraph or I wouldn't say this. I would change the sentence to this and all that kind of stuff. She's been like, just, just there, you know, I'm laughing because like that exact same thing happens when I write my emails, I call my wife, Mary Mover is like, what do you think? And she's also my best editor. So I know that feeling yeah. quite well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, she just like knew um, how to phrase things better than better than i did um i think now i can maybe send an email without getting her approval but at least at least regarding meetup games i hope i have that one kind of down but uh yeah it's just like you know sounding professional not giving like not going like too too in-depth on details that don't need to be there just all sorts of things like that and it's just like so awesome you know that she was she was there and and is there awesome Fantastic. Well, I just got one last question of my own before we get into the community questions. Uh, there's a lot of those for you, so we'll try to zip through as many as we can. Uh, but first, my final question for you. In the intro, I referred to you as the godfather of poker vlogging. There are two other quote-unquote godfathers that I know of in poker. Doyle Brunson, he'll always be the godfather. And then there's also Jason Somerville, who's often been referred to as the godfather of Twitch. Uh, kind of seems like he's moved on, though, to other pursuits. Now, personally, I'd love to see your vlog continue until the deal is done, as they say. But what about you, Andrew? What do you think? What about me in terms of how long am I going to keep this train rolling? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm it's tough to find one. a creative it's... wording for it. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long am I going to carry on this charade of nonsense? Uh, anyway, uh, I'm not sure. It's like it's tough. It's tough to say. Um, I, of course, have. It's this isn't my only interest, but it's like again, it's such a it's such an amazing. And uh, it's such an amazing opportunity. It's such a fun opportunity, you know, again, like coming at you from Austin, which is like such a fun city. We were cruising around on scooters last night, checking out a, a few different bars, live music. Uh, and then like in a couple of days, we get to just get together with people and play poker and make videos out of it. And like, it's just amazing. Like it is pretty much the poker dream, yeah. you know? Sounds amazing. Um, yeah. So just embracing it. Um, again, there's no, there's no blueprint to this sort of a thing uh, as far as like, I need to, you know, I don't have any specific numbers for anything that I need to achieve. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have a great answer, great answer for like, what's, what's next. Um, you know, there's, I, I still would like to, um, you mentioned Jason Somerville. I would like to explore, uh, what he is very much involved with these days, which is sports betting. Yeah. Um, I think there's like some, there's, I have like a couple of ideas for fun content that could be made from that, where I think it's a pretty natural bridge from poker mm -hmm. to that, that I think people would, would dig. Um, but who knows? And you know, it's, you don't know, you don't know until you try these things. Um, I just don't really have the edge at the moment, uh, when it comes to sports betting and I'm not just going to like, you know, DJ and gamble out there and put it all over YouTube. Um, so that's, that's a possibility. And then there's, been lots of discussions about other things brad and i talked about opening up a bar um right. and then using using a lot of the uh the lessons that we've learned through this uh social media and video uh, content creation thing applying it to that maybe talk about like you could definitely talked about like uh um the service of creating content for other businesses um you know whether that's like a social media agency marketing agency something like that 
There's no uh, decision at the moment. So for That's now, fair. the uh, the train the train rolls on. I like it. That's a, a pretty darn good answer. I, I think it's a pretty cool answer. Um, and I do remember, I don't remember exactly which number it was, but there was one blog episode where you did kind of try that experiment. I think it was uh, it's called I Made My First Sports Bet or something. It was like a purple $500 chip uh, was the uh, was the thumbnail yeah. there. Yeah, I bet on the, uh, the UFC, uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Again, you know, once you do something a little bit differently, the numbers are going to be lower. I think that uh, video has only got 60,000 instead of the 100K. I was one of them, though. So I can. Yes. <laughs> I can thank you. you thank you for thank you for doing your part. I, I notched it over the 59,999 mark. So we got to be thankful. Uh, <laughs> all right. In this segment of the show, we turn to you guys on our Cards Chat community to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. We do have a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send in your questions. Now, before I get into the first question, uh, I think anyone who's listened and, and you know watched and made it this far obviously understands that Andrew and I have known each other for a good few years. And you know, I'll like, try to ask some good creative questions I haven't asked them before over these years. Uh, I think it's also really nice. A lot of folks in the Cards Chat community aren't as familiar with you. So uh, I may know a couple of these answers, but I think it's still important to, to ask these questions. The first one do it. comes from Shells. Andrew, why'd you start vlogging? Why did I start blogging? Uh, combination of boredom and uh, I would say something missing from the poker media, what they were doing. Um, so not just maybe not just boredom, but like, you know, just kind of we talked about this earlier, but like, you know, doing the same thing for eight years, playing the two card game, going around to a small handful of casinos in Vegas, occasionally a little bit of travel, but mainly just Vegas. Just kind of burnt out for, there was a good, maybe like, I don't know, a couple of years where I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a thing for me. I don't know what I should, should I do? Should I try something else? I don't know. Uh, you know, then you go on a little bit of a win streak. Okay. Okay. okay I guess this is the thing for me. Then you hit a downswing and I'm like, right. uh, this is not the thing for me. You know? So a lot of those questions uh, over and over again. Um, and then, uh, yeah, seeing like, as mentioned, Casey Neistat, loving his stuff, seeing a couple other content creators on YouTube and uh, a lot of poker media kind of focusing on you know, high stakes poker, um, the WSP main events, things that are like extremely high buy-in where like 0.1% of maybe not even that many, uh, poker fans are going to be able to play these games. Um, here's like an idea to capture stuff where games are actually approachable and playable by a lot more people. Cool. Very good. Next uh, question from shells. Where do you see the future of online and live poker? Uh, the future is actually like finally a little bit brighter here in the, in the United States for online poker. Um, many years of like absolute nothingness. <clears throat> uh, now we have Michigan and Pennsylvania online. WSP just launched in Pennsylvania. Uh, WSP will launch in Michigan, I assume, hopefully sometime this year, pretty soon. And then next step will be to merge those player pools with New Nevada and New Jersey. So then we'll finally have like a pretty sizable poker network. Once those once those pools are merged, that's something that's like enticing to more people. And then once you get more people in there, you get more attention from other states being like, hey, they raised this much revenue through online gaming and poker. Maybe we should probably launch this thing. Um, and uh, on and on it goes. Yeah, um, the snowball is rolling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, live poker games will be good indefinitely. 
you know, we, <laughs> we, we, we have, you know, again, sort of like a super bizarre situation happening in the world right now, but eventually we'll get through that. And, uh, the games, at least, you know, low and mid stakes games, always, always going to be good. High stakes games. I don't know. I, I have no idea. It's like, now there's like a lot of private games that have kind of taken the place of some more, you know, kind of open, uh, public games. Um, and I don't know if like, you know, I don't know if the ladder is there to like the same heights that it was before in live poker. Um, but people are never going to stop gambling. So again, there will be, there will be a poker game to be found one way or another. Nice. I like it. Um, last question of shells. Uh, and thank you very much shells for submitting these. Uh, Andrew, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Uh, I guess like the earliest thing I remember is just, uh, you know, probably in like middle school and high school. Um, I wanted to be like in a, in a band. Um, so I played the drums and, uh, started, started the drums in the, uh, you know, they offered the, what's, what musical instrument you want to try in fifth grade? Uh, I saw my cousins, they had a drum set. I'll do that. That looks cool. Um, <laughs> and then stuck with that all the way through high school I was in like band and orchestra and had a band with, uh, some friends of mine. Uh, we sucked, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> so that's like kind of the earliest thing that I remember is like, you know, in my, in my childhood, I want to be a rock and roll star. Awesome. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Bethy Eubanks this is a name I haven't seen before. Thank you so much for submitting this question. Um, this is her phraseology. I'm reading it to you. Since poker must be like work for you, what do you do for fun? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was actually, somebody asked me this recently as well. Um, you know, it's, you know what I like, I just like having drinks with friends. I like going to a bar and having some drinks with friends. Um, my, my body likes that less than less, um, <laughs> the next day. Um, but yeah, I like that. Uh, I like going on hikes. Boosie and I would go on the occasional hike. I'm sure she wishes we went on more. Um, but, uh, enjoy that. What else? Mm, I like taking photos and stuff and just editing them on my phone. And uh, occasionally posting them, not so much these days, but keep saying I need to get a another like fancy new camera and just get out there, go walk around and take photos. Nice. That'll be the next splurge, I guess. Cool. Um, Antonis three two one two three. Haven't seen that name in a while. Welcome back. Thanks for asking some questions and submitting these for Andrew. Um, can you tell us about your website, andrewnini.com? What is this about? Is it about the general things that interest you, like poker and places to play and your adventures, or is it more than that? What is the main purpose of your site? Again, it's kind of similar to like how I have the Andrew Nimi Two channel. I uh, just, I mean, I guess, I guess originally I was, I was before I had the blog. Another one of my medium uh, experiments was blogging. Um, so I was writing a blog for a little while. Um, and would just post it. I think I, I started with Pokerati. I started with uh, Dan Mahalski's site. I was writing some blogs for him, for yeah, for him and his site. Uh, eventually, I think I did them on my site. It didn't go didn't go on for very long. But now it's like just kind of a uh, a catch all kind of a thing at the moment. There's no like main reason to have it. Um, you know, there, I'll get like there's a couple of FAQs. There's two FAQs that I get from people. What's uh, the best poker room in Vegas? And where should I go to, uh, or like, what's your, what's your favorite bar? You know, like I'm coming in Vegas, give me a couple of recommendations on where I should go. 
And then I guess the third one is like, uh, do you recommend any books? You're like, what's a good poker book? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, poker poker books. Okay. No, people aren't coming to me, coming to me for like, you know, <laughs> novels. <clears throat> um, so I'll write, I wrote out a blog post. Uh, Boosie actually put together a, like a, our Las Vegas locals guide. Um, and I made a couple additions to that. Um, so we wrote out like all of our favorite restaurants, favorite bars in like all the different neighborhoods in Vegas, put that on the website. seems like, you know, where else am I going to put that? Um, uh, wrote out the training sites that I frequent, put that on a blog post, put it on my website. Um, and then whatever the last FAQ was that I mentioned, I can't remember now, but anyway, yeah, it's just kind of like a spot to just, just have things that, uh, need posting somewhere. I like it. Okay. Last question from Antonis32123. Um, you know, also wishes you a congratulations on your marriage to Boosie and asks, Cheers. Yeah, it asks, did you know, did your wife know how to play poker when you first met her? Or if not, has she expressed any desire over the last few years to learn poker? Uh, she definitely did not know when we met, um, but she was always into trading the markets. At the time, she was very much into foreign exchange, uh, currency trading. And there's so many parallels between those two things. That was a big reason why we kind of hit it off uh, in conversation number one. Um, so yeah, she she got the poker thing, at least like, you know, the uh, getting after it poker thing and so many like you know the swings that go along with that all that stuff she i didn't have to explain that yeah you have losing days um because she's very well aware of that in her pursuits mm. um as far as poker goes later on she she started a little bit of study actually under benton um doing uh getting into like opening ranges from all, all the different positions and stuff wow. um it's it's tough though because when you're doing what she's doing how much space how much more space in your brain can you mm can you find for something that is like it's there's so many similarities right i mean there's just so much going on in, in trading where it's going to take up a lot of your mental space it's not even like just the times when you're engaged with it but you know thinking about the markets and like thinking about your trading away from the screen um it's tough to do all that stuff i think so uh it didn't it didn't go too far really um but she did she did try she checked it out for a little while so maybe she'll mix it up with you in a mug locally. It's not. Point. It's not Benton's fault. He's he's a very good uh, teacher. <laughs> Got to get that disclaimer in. Okay. Yeah. Um, finally, we have crystals. Thank you very much for submitting these questions, crystals. We appreciate it. Um, Andrew, where has been your favorite spot to host a meetup game, and why? Yeah, this is actually like kind of another FAQ. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's been so many spots where it's like good it's like it's been really cool for different reasons um like one one that comes to mind is montreal uh we got to go up there around a party poker event um the yeah, that was my first right? yeah, yeah that was my first time in montreal um so we got to explore that city which is like a really cool unique spot um going to london uh it's one of my favorite cities in the world and we got to do this massive four-day event there with like a just crazy turnout there. Um, but, you know, also getting to spend time in London. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like anytime, anytime it's in a spot where I also like really enjoy the, the city, um, mm. I think that's the theme of the, the favorite ones that stand out. Uh, having L.A. be, you know, pretty close to Vegas and being able to do recurring events there 
going back there on September 11th to 12th, uh, we're going to Hustler Casino, uh, plug that in here. Um, and we're going to be doing something with them every other month. Uh, LA is also, I'm a pretty big fan of Los Angeles as well. Um, so that's, that's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, everywhere is just kind of like, there's, there's nowhere that really sticks out that has been like, yeah, that's, that sucks. That place sucks. We're not going. <laughs> Even like, you know, we go to the, like, uh, place that's like kind of in the middle of nowhere, like Midland, Texas stands out as, as that kind of like middle of nowhere type of type of uh, place. It was, it was cool to go there and go, go see it. Um, we found, we found a great beer garden. Uh, okay. That's all. You, uh, what else do you need? Yeah. Like when else are we going to be in Midland, Texas? So right. I'm really glad that we did that. Yeah. I don't nice. know. I guess I'm like, I'm not, I'm a pretty natural optimist in finding things to not complain about. I like the man after my own heart. I like that. Um, next question from Crystals. How long did it take you to go from micro stakes to playing 1020? And what advice would you give someone who wants to play at high stakes? Yeah, so this sounds like it's referencing the uh, original online poker grind that I that I did when I started playing poker. Wow. Uh, like the first year in Los Angeles where I started taking it pretty seriously managed to move up from like two cent, four cent up to 10, 20. Um, it's, it's not, it's not the same, uh, time, you know, this was like back mm -hmm. in 2007 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously on a, online poker, this was a different time. Um, how long did that take me? That took me about a year, I think. Um, different so, time. Yeah, you can't do that for sure. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I used like a 20 buy-in bank rule, bank roll rule, in for moving up in the stakes. Anytime I had 20 buy-ins for the next stake up, I would move up. Yeah. Uh, if you, and then if you lose like five buy-ins, move on, move back down and grind back those five. Wow. Buy -ins and, okay. Um, Living on the so, edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you go back and like, listen, I recently listened to like this, this random uh, Tom Dwan interview that he did with Bart Hansen from like 2006 or so. And just like the way he was talking about like, how people don't take enough shots for like 50% of their bankroll. He's like looking down on these, not looking down on these people, but saying like, you guys got to get in these games. There's, they're like really good games and you need to take a shot in these, this 100, there's this 5,100 game and you're down there playing 510. You need to get up there and shoot half your bankroll into this game. And if it doesn't go well, go back to 510, grind it back. Uh, well, so that's why he's Tom Dwan, but I don't think he'd be the combination. same thing this year. <laughs> it's the combination, yeah. I mean, um, him being, um, him embracing the risk mm. allowed him to move up quickly. Sure. Um, also, very talented human being uh, when it comes to poker. And again, it's a, it was a different time back then. You know, like grinding it back in the in stakes that are one tenth the size. It sounds miserable now, but back then it must have been a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what stake? Uh, what advice would I give to someone mm -hmm. playing higher stakes? Is that the question? Who wants to play high, at high stakes? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not like you know, Mister High Stakes myself, but uh, if if you're playing like five ten uh, or like a bigger game, you know, slightly bigger. You just have to play your game. You know, it's not like people are doing something in particular in these games. You know, you, I think that's like a pretty easy, uh, you know, logical fallacy that you'll you'll find is, oh, that game. I need to figure out what those people are doing in that game. It's the same. It's it's the same game. You know, there might be some players that make less mistakes in the higher stakes as you move up. That's sort of naturally what should happen. Hopefully, there's going to be some recreational players though in that game. Otherwise, right. 
I'm not sure if it's worth playing anyway. Um, <laughs> so there's going to be people that are doing some weird things in there. There's going to be maybe a couple tough players in there. Um, but you just sort of have to like work on your game and make sure that your game is, is, uh, is plugged up. It's buttoned up. You know, you have to be putting in a little bit of time on these training sites and sharing hands and getting feedback on the hands that you're playing and figure out what you're, what you could be doing better, uh, and where like your, your weaker spots are in your game. So yeah, you just have to like, A, get used to the new bet sizes. I think uh, the dollar amounts are going to be different and that's, you're going to be spending like mental brain power on that rather than like thinking about the poker hand. Um, so that's going to take some adjusting. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no like thing that's going on in the stake above you. That's not really going on, uh, in your, in your current game. That sounds like pretty solid advice uh, to me. I, I like that. Um, two more questions, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Crystals wants to know, how did you meet Brad Owen? I reached out to him um, and said, hey, I see you're also making videos. Maybe we can collaborate on something in this poker YouTube world. Um, well, I had we had played together like a he played a lot at the Red Rock in the two five game there. I played with him a small handful number of times there. Um, never really like chatted or anything uh, before we both started making the vids. And uh, when uh, you know it's it's a little bit easier to collaborate on a project uh, like a creative project or you know something that's you know, we're, these are digital things, but something that's a little bit more tangible, you know, other than, you know, p- p- there's people that like play poker uh, that, you know, share hands, not share hands, they discuss hands, um, you know, with their friends, uh, they build out, they network that way. You know, it's sort of like you, you build a circle. I have my circle of friends. Mm-hmm. So our circles didn't really like intertwine, but uh, once we were making videos, then, you know, there wasn't that many people making poker videos. We're like, Hey, maybe we can uh, do a couple of things together and work on some things together. Right. Okay, very cool. I like that. Good answer. And we will end off. Um, oh, not good answer. That's the only answer. Of course, I knew that. Houston answers. He was uh, like, um, he was, he was, he was the uh, the former um, accountants. You know, so he comes from right. an accounting background. Right. And uh, I, and I've, I think I've just kind of like viewed myself as like the creative and mm-hmm. the you know, came up with this poker blogging thing and uh, sort of wanted someone who was a little bit more like analytical to mm. uh, to partner up with. You know, if we were mm-hmm. going to do like this meetup game thing, right. like someone who can like understand the uh, the numbers behind all that stuff and, you know, have, bring a couple of different strengths to the table for, for each person. Well, and obviously it's, uh, you know, played out and been a, a wonderful partnership that uh, hopefully will continue for a very, very long time to come. I'm, I'm uh, going to hold on to his coattails as long as possible, Robbie. Yeah, you got a clutch on a tight. <laughs> He's got that youthful energy, which which helps keep you going. Uh, the final question we have here from Crystals again. Thank you very much, uh, Andrew. Where is the one spot you want to travel to for a meetup game that you have never yet been to? Definitely would love to get to Australia. Haven't done that. I've never been there myself, <clears throat> so that's two big reasons. Uh, I have been to Detroit. I'm from the area, but we haven't done a meetup game there. Um, oh, so that's okay. that's high on the list to fire up that conversation. Um, Central Europe would be cool. We were chatting with somebody uh, at a casino in Central Europe just before all hell broke loose. Um, yeah. So 
hopefully we can revisit that conversation as well. And then I would love to do somewhere in Asia. I think that'd be really cool. Awesome. Fantastic answer. And I'm sure hopefully when those events happen, they will be extremely well attended. I'm sure you got fans all over the world. Um, folks, thank you very much for sending in your questions for Andrew Nimi. And of course, a friendly reminder to everyone out there in the Cards Chat community that we'd love to see you submit your questions for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show. Andrew, before we let you go, anything else you'd like to tell our audience? Uh what a nice guy Robbie is. How lucky are we to have Robbie preparing all these detailed questions, have him here in the poker industry. Uh, let's let's all be thankful that he's around. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, uh, Andrew. Thank you very much, folks. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Cards Chat. I'm Robbie Struzinski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.